Welcome to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. We're passionate about helping you restore your metabolism for confidence, energy, and fat loss without giving up the foods you love. We're your hosts, Josh and Brittany. Listen for simple, easy-to-follow tips and strategies that you can start implementing today to get long-term results. We're so glad you're here. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. All right. Welcome back to Pretty Healthy Family. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. So today, um, we get a lot of people who are asking about or who have these goals. I want to lose weight. I want to gain muscle. I want to uh, be healthier overall. And there are little things that we often look at as, oh, that's not a really a big deal. That's that's not that's harmless. And some of these little harmless activities tend to sabotage their progress and them reaching their goals. So I thought this would be a good subject to talk about what are some of these quote unquote harmless activities that could potentially sabotage your goals. And maybe one of these activities is okay, but when you combine it with two or three of them, it becomes a problem. Yeah. And again, our name is Pretty Healthy Family, so there is a balance between um, being very strict about absolutely everything, and then, yeah, like you're saying, let some things go and just live that pretty healthy life. So the first one I have is snacking and just reaching for snacks throughout the day. So what is your, I guess, theory on snacking? What is your mindset around snacking, or at least perspective around snacking? I'm not personally a huge fan of snacking. I just think it can be hard to really grasp how much of and what you're genuinely eating. Because if you're constantly reaching for this or you're constantly reaching for that, then you really have no concept of how much you're eating and what you're actually putting into your body. And it's really hard to gauge how that makes you feel because it's just... It's just a little bit here and a little bit there. And there's really no way to learn or create that that knowledge for yourself of what makes you feel good, what works for your body, what fuels it, and that sort of thing when you're constantly reaching for snacks. So I'm personally not a huge fan of the constant little snacking here and there. I do think like one or two snacks a day is great. It's great for your metabolism, It's for especially for women and healthy hormones and that sort of thing. But those are very designated, well-balanced snacks that aren't going to send your blood sugar soaring and create an energy crash later, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds almost like snacking is okay as long as it's intentional. Yes. So if it's programmed in your overall nutrition plan and you say, my for me, my overnight oats after my workout is my after workout snack, but it is intentional. It's goal oriented towards the protein I want to hit, towards the carbohydrates, fats I want to hit. But if it's just mindless, unintentional snacking, that many times could sabotage your, your weight loss goals. Absolutely. So yeah, that was a good one. And you touched on this a little bit, but tasting food as you cook. I'm guilty of this one. <laughs> <laughs> I love to taste food when I cook. I want to make sure it tastes good for my family. But if I end up full <laughs> before dinner, which has happened more times than I can count, then that one doesn't create a good experience with my family if I'm not able to sit down and really enjoy the food with them as much. But I also, again, I have no idea how much I've actually eaten or of what. So I'm just not sure where I'm at towards my goals. So it could it could sabotage my goals. Yeah, and, and is, 
in that same vein of tasting food while you cook, it could be also tasting your kids' food throughout (laughs) the day. It could be tasting other things throughout the day, um, which aligns with the snacking idea. It's hard to really, if you're tracking your MyFitnessPal and you're only looking at your dinner, you're only looking at your lunch, but you have these little tastes here and there that you're largely probably not adding up. And so when you're talking with your coach or you're not seeing the scale move and everything on MyFitnessPal seems right, it's probably those little tastes that are adding up because those tastes could be 100, 200, 300 calories at some point, depending on how much you're tasting. Yeah, you they can add up even more than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one we have is the nightcap, the alcohol nightcap or maybe wine with dinner. This seems pretty harmless and it seems like this actually is healthy because we've heard so much great things. Granted, this is probably 1990 or in the 2000 where <laughs> a glass of red wine a day is ha- is healthy and it helps you calm down for the, from the day. What are your thoughts on that? I think that it varies a lot from person to person as with anything, but I do think that alcohol is a fine line because if you're having a nightcap at night and this is a consistent habit, you are completely wrecking your sleep. It doesn't matter how well you feel like you sleep. It is scientifically impossible for you to get a good night's sleep with that. And therefore your hormones are all over the place and you're probably going to be tired the next day and have hunger cravings. And it's going to likely lead you to eat more the next day and you'll be less productive. You won't be able to push yourself as much at the gym. Um, Having said that, there is a time and a place every once in a while Uh, But maybe nighttime isn't it. Maybe you try to push it up earlier in the day. So as long as you're not having it those three, four hours right before bed, so it doesn't sabotage your sleep, maybe that's a place for it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with the concept of I'm going to have a glass of wine with dinner to help me wind down from the day, you're recognizing that you're in a really a stressful state. Your anxiety may be a little high, whether it's from work, family life, just life in general. So you're recognizing stress is an issue and you're using wine or maybe a beer or some type of alcohol to help you de-stress. And there's actually a better way to manage that stress. It could be going for multiple walks during the day. It's paying attention to how stress is impacting your life. So it's a great way to recognize that stress is an issue, but your response to that stress may not be effective towards your overall goals. That's a really good point. So basically you're saying that that alcohol, that nightcap is being reactive. So you can use that knowledge to be proactive in the future and manage that stress so you don't have to react with that glass of alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. The other thing a lot of people tend to do at the end of the night, and again, this is a way that I hear a lot of couples bond because they're busy with their kids throughout the day. They're busy at work throughout the day, and this is their only time to really bond together, and it's like the Netflix binge that you you happen to be on. We used to bond bef- this way before before kids. Now we're too tired. <laughs> yeah, now we're exhausted every night. Um, but sometimes that Netflix binge... It may be one episode, and then you can go right to bed. There's probably no harm there. But for a lot of us, it's, do you want to watch one more episode? 
Do you want to look watch? at the answers? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's always a cliffhanger. <laughs> so because there's that cliffhanger, you may not be in bed at that same time that you normally would be without the Netflix binge, which again, you've talked about this earlier. Your sleep's not as great. When your sleep's not as great, you may not be as active the next day. You may not make healthy choices that next day. So that Netflix binge, which seems harmless in the moment, may be causing other issues down the road. Absolutely. And sometimes it's very stimulating. So even if you do only watch one episode, for some people that can keep them up more at night and they don't sleep as well, which is a ripple effect. Yeah. In in that same kind of vein, checking your emails throughout the day and especially checking them after you have kind of clocked out from work. I know this is something with COVID that... A lot of us started working from home, and when we started working from home, the parameters of a work day pretty much were deleted. It's it's non-existent anymore. So because we feel like we're always at the the have to respond to all these emails so quickly or always be on for work because our a phone has that ability. We never really give ourselves a chance to relax and kind of calm into a restful night's sleep. Mm-hmm. So whether it's emails or even notifications from social media, and and I know it's something where a lot of our business is based off of social media, responding to complete strangers <laughs> at all hours of the night, we have to set boundaries that allow us to be our healthiest self. Which leads us to our next point, which is mindless scrolling on social media. I think that this is something that can be crucial for both men and women, but I know especially for women because that mindless scrolling can lead us to start comparing ourselves to other women, to other influencers that we're seeing on social media and saying, oh, okay, I want, maybe I should be doing this because that's what they're doing and it's working for them. Or I saw this advertisement for this, maybe this will work for me. And then as a result, you end up either and ending up with paralysis analysis and not end up doing anything at all towards your goals or you end up changing up your plan that you had that was perfect for you and start following someone else's plan. And then it just ends up in this vicious cycle where you just end up going nowhere and end up sabotaging your goals. Yeah, there's no true plan or route to get anything done. Um, I know this is something I've been guilty of quite a bit. And it's one of the reasons I implemented my like rule of 150 for people I follow. I try to keep the number of people I follow under 150 because I'm following to do. (laughs) I'm not saying this is for everybody, but I've noticed the more people I follow, the more distracted I get from what are my true goals for this platform and what do I want to get out of it? Yes, there's some people there I want to make sure I connect with and keep a relationship with. There's other people I use for inspiration and where I want to go for maybe workout advice, health advice. And some people it is just entertainment. But if I had 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 and higher people I follow, I may just be aimlessly scrolling a lot more than usual and everyone's different. Some some people can have more followers and be that way. For others, we need to kind of pare it down and, and really focus on what am I using this platform for? Taking some time to unfart serving aren't you or serving. aren't helping you feel good about yourself. It's probably time to unfollow. Yeah. So that kind of leads into our next one is 
trying the fresh new workout on Instagram. And I've seen so many people just make fun of this, but it still happens all the time. I still get questions all the time. What about um, this new workout, this hit style workout, this um, way to train in, in the optimal way? Um, all of that is just noise. It's noise that's going to distract you from your true goals. This is why having a coach is so helpful because they can create a program, which is what we do is create a workout program designed for your specific goals. You cut out all the noise. We have a nutrition program that's helpful for your specific goals. We cut out all the noise and we can simplify it for your goals. But if you're constantly searching for this new Instagram workout or this new TikTok workout or this new way of eating that is fresh and new and the science shows that this it's all noise it's all noise if you keep doing a one workout one day and then another workout on youtube another day you aren't working towards a specific goal so chances are you're just going to keep putting in all this work and all this effort and not reach your goals. So it's so important to follow a structured plan specific to your goals. So you have a plan to follow and you can progress with it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of leads into the next one is too much hit workouts or too many hit workouts and too much cardio could be sabotaging your ultimate goal of more strength, a leaner frame, all of that. I think this one is twofold because it can be sabotaging your goals because it's adding a lot of stress to your body for one. And it could be sabotaging your goals too, because you're uh, maybe burning too much and then you're not able to put on muscle. So you're not fueling yourself enough properly. Uh, The one that I see most often with the women I work with is stress. Mm -hmm. Um, they're often trying to train for a marathon and they're trying to do some strength workouts and Pilates, and then they're trying to get their steps in. And all of these things that they're trying to do are adding stress to their body and cardio, especially long haul cardio and hit workouts. They're great a little here and there, but a lot of them put so much stress on your body that it can completely uh, impact the goals that you're setting for yourself. And then you just don't end up reaching any of your goals. Yeah, the body has a way of um, responding to stress, especially like workout stress, long cardio, hit style, where it's going to hold on to water. It's going to hold on to certain weight because it is in that kind of stress state. Especially in the midsection. Especially in the midsection. And coming from a CrossFit background, I coached CrossFit for five years. I kind of drank the Kool-Aid way too much and I was doing four, five, six days a week of CrossFit and I felt great. I felt in, in those days the healthiest I ever was. But what I realized is I was just kind of beating my head against the wall in some <laughs> ways because I wasn't making progress within my strength cycles. I wasn't making the progress I wanted to make within my skill sessions because I was never allowing my body to fully recover. Yeah, and then you wanted to build size and I, you, you weren't, and you couldn't understand at that time why you weren't. Yeah. And I was pushing every workout and that's really what hit workouts ask of you is to push every workout to a very high intensity. And you can't do that repeatedly and be at that high intensity. Like the saying goes, if you think you're pushing your workouts a hundred percent, every single workout, you're never giving any workout a hundred percent of your effort. So I started being realistic and in some ways COVID made me realize this where I stopped doing HIIT workouts every day 
And the size just came naturally because I was doing some strength work on one day, a HIIT workout the next day, slow strength work the next day, and then completely rested on day four. And I saw the muscle development I wanted to get. I saw the skill development that I wanted to get, but it was because I allowed myself to recover to be able to give every session the proper intensity it deserves. And that's what I feel like, again, it just ruins some people's progress because they're addicted to the hit. They're addicted to the rush of those type of workouts. Um, the other thing I see a lot is not tracking your workouts. And this seems like I was always in that camp of like, I'll just push my hardest and I don't really need to track it because I'm not that competitive. And you're not very competitive, but have you seen progress with tracking? Yeah, I'm definitely not competitive at all. <laughs> Which is the very much the opposite opposite of you, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, with with tracking, I am able not to compete against myself, but to challenge myself. Because even competing against myself, that doesn't motivate me. But I love challenging myself. I love being able to beat my own goal from the night before, or be able to hit X pound amount that I've been striving for, or to be able to do X number of pull ups. And by tracking, I'm able I, that gets me excited to reach those numbers and gives me something to look forward to but with before when i wasn't tracking when i was just mindlessly doing workouts i didn't have that excitement because i had no idea how much weight i did the time before or how many reps i did before or how many pull-ups or whatever so now i i'm, I'm excited and motivated because and i'm able to build and I can see myself building and progressing because I'm tracking my workouts. Yeah, just going by feel for every workout is it's good to go by feel and to be even better, you want to track it to have a little bit of a guide. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you're going into a hip thrust and thinking, I think I was on two plates last time. <laughs> I can't really remember. And I'm feeling a little tired today. Granted, you have to put it in the big picture in that if you're tired and you're not feeling it, don't try to push through that. But it is helpful to track to see that progress. And 99% of people, when they start tracking, they see the weights climbing up. It's super motivating. Yeah. And it's not going to necessarily climb up every time. Like you said, when you're tired, sometimes it's going to dip, but it's like a chart. Sometimes there are ups and downs, ups and downs, but in the end, it's going up. That's what you want. Yeah. As long as it's going up. And if it stops going up after weeks and weeks of you just not seeing the progress you want to see, it's a great time to switch up your program. Yeah. It's a great time to look at something else and the next progression of that movement again, this is what we try to do in our program, where we allow people to progress through a normal workout plan. Once they reach a certain plateau, we take them to that next level. So we're constantly seeing progress month after month after With month. nutrition too. With nutrition as well. And the last one is kind of outside the scope of whether it's nutrition and fitness, and it's, I guess, outside the scope, but also all of them combined, is your weekends. And with your weekends, sometimes it's a fun brunch with some friends. Maybe it's watching football. And these events which occur on the weekend are like, it's the epitome of pretty healthy family is how do we balance the fun with the health? 
but there are things you can do prior to that event which help you be successful for that event. And maybe that's eating a little bit more protein, getting in your workout earlier in the day, um, focusing on certain things like non-starchy vegetables, um, getting a couple solid meals in the morning prior to that event with some friends helps you be successful in that night out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's trying to, and I call it pre-gaming before the big event, your big event, whether it's a morning brunch or uh, an evening football game. There are things you can do on the front end which help you be successful on the back end. And the advice I love to give to my clients is, how do you feel like it went in terms of staying aligned with your goals and having fun? How did it go over the weekend? Because you're going to have this same situation occur the next weekend, the weekend after that, the weekend after that, over and over. How do you feel like you can change things up to be even more successful next weekend? And that's just really, again, building the awareness. And that's what all this health is really about, how the activities that you're doing equate to the health goals that you have. And it's always the little things like snacking, tasting, tracking your workouts, those type of things. It's these little things that seem harmless add up over time. Mm-hmm. All these little things. <laughs> All right. That's it for today. Um, if you have any questions, um, just send an email to info at Pretty Healthy Family. Um, we'd love to talk through any topic that you want us to talk through. And uh, any final words? Anything else? Sounds good. All right. Stay pretty healthy. Stay pretty healthy. If you know you're ready to lose weight and build muscle while simultaneously improving your relationship with food, but would love some additional support, we're here to help you. We know that dieting too strictly for too long can slow your metabolism and we can help you restore it with our proven PHF method. We've helped hundreds of others reach their physique and health goals without having to give up the foods they love or constantly being on a diet. And we'd love to help you too. Fill out the obligation-free application in the show notes or at prettyhealthycoaching.com.